Christmas has arrived. I found myself uh, tonight at a pickup. Daniel was the last of their performances, and of course they were running late. And you, know, you get all stressed out, and you think, "I'm, you know, I'll make now. Well, it'll work out. I'll get here and end up here. I think about two till maybe." So it did work out. But I was trying to study. You know how sometimes you have a brain fog and it goes, "Well, I just need rest a minute." So I listened into this message by Rick Warren. He was talking about marriage. I was talking about marriage this morning, and um, he said that his wife Kay had done a very in-depth, thorough scientific study in regard to how often husbands want to have sexual intimacy with their wives. He said, very scientific study, and he came up that only with the days that start with T, Tuesday, Thursday, today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Tunday. <laughs> So anyway, that kind of helped me relax a little bit after I heard that. But uh, tonight we're going to look in Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look at a prophecy as we think about uh, Christmas and we think about peace. You know, the angel came and, and he said that peace will come through a Savior to be born. And that Savior Christ born for us of Precious baby. Look in uh, Luke chapter 1, 76 through verse 79. And um, I encourage you and you find that stand in God's honor as I read aloud. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Father, we desperately need peace. We live in a world where peace is often absent. It's an ideal but not enjoyed. Father, you are the source of real peace. Peace that invades the heart and gives hope. And I just pray tonight as we take time to look at peace, Father. And look at your desire for us to have peace. Speak to our hearts and remind us that we don't have to live in perpetual anxiety and we don't have to live as a people that have nothing to look forward to. Because in Christ, we are blessed beyond measure. And we are victorious, your word says. And this is the one who's victorious over the world, the one born of God. And this victory comes through our faith. Thank you for your truth, Father, for your word tonight. Help us as we take time to... Think about your peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This section of scripture, uh, it's not referring specifically to Jesus, but it's referring to the one who came before Jesus, the one who is to prepare the way, the one we call John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, as he came wanting people to identify with God and uh, he was known through his baptizing of people, but the baptism that he came to show was repentance of sin. It was an awareness that 
we needed to turn away from our sins and turn to the living God and to follow him. And boy, in this age, this culture we live in, repentance seems to be missing. It is a message of we need to totally receive one another and accept what we're doing. And everyone has equal value and everybody's ideas carry the same weight. But it's just not true. The Bible says that unless there's repentance, there's no life. There must be a a turning away and a turning to God. And John the Baptist, as as we read about him and this testimony, it tells us uh, that this child, this baby who will come, he will be called a prophet of the Most High, one who foretells about God and foretells the truth clearly about God. What's he say about him? He says, you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way for him. And I thought about that in one sense. All of us have that task he calls us to. Where we go, what we say, what we do, we lay out a road that other people can see, a road that points to Christ. That that was John's personal mission, but in a very real way, we too are to follow that type of mission. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. We need to tell people where the hope is, where the salvation lies, where the forgiveness of sins is found. Jesus. It's a tender mercy. I love that uh, in Romans where it says that he draws us by his loving kindness. Man, aren't you glad he does that instead of draws us by the zapper? Praise God. Um, Anyway, to shine on those living in darkness. See, that's where we all start. We're in darkness. And the light of God shines upon us by the work of the Holy Spirit. And the truth is revealed. And in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. He guides us. To that path of peace. John wanted to guide people to that path that led to Jesus Christ. And uh, we too are called to that. You know, it's interesting as you look through the scriptures. God often would work through a little baby. He had a couple of little boys born. Named Cain and Abel. And out of that came the first murder. Out of that came a lot of pain. Then we move later to another baby that was born. He was placed in a basket and then into the Nile River. His mother was desperate. She was looking for her son to find safety in a place that was very dangerous. And God rescued Moses and raised him to a place to be a leader. Then you have Abraham, two sons that were born To him, Ishmael and Isaac. And we know that through that there's been this great war that boy, now uh, has been in our news uh, almost continually that is being fought. Then we come to, of course, John the Baptist. 
a baby to be born and a baby to pave the way of Jesus Christ. And of course, Christmas that we celebrate, we take notice of a baby who came to us to bring us hope and to bring us salvation. Um, you know, it's interesting uh, as we've enjoyed Atticus. He is at the age or the stage where he's bored. Poor little fella, he can't do much. You're limited, aren't you, buddy? And he wants to crawl so bad. And really, if you, you put him down on his feet, I think what he'd like to do is just take off walking. But he's not there yet. And, and you know, he gets in that on all fours and he just kind of, you know, does this. But he can't quite make that first movement of crawling. He wants to. It takes time. You, you have to be at the right place to be able to start crawling. And it's true with walking. You have to be at the right place to walk. And the truth of the matter is, peace with God comes when we're at the right place. And more often than not, it is not just a experience that just happens in a moment. But more often than not, God uses baby steps to bring us to the place that we need to be. And I want to just look at three kinds of peace. First, it's, we have to be at peace with ourselves. You know, as I say so often, we're all a mess. In one way or another, we all have issues. And in one way or another, we all have those days we wish didn't come. Um, I read about a, a poor mom who had one of those days. Uh, she got up, the baby was sick, the baby was screaming. She had a terrible headache. Uh, she went outside to check the laundry that she had put in the washing machine. And what she didn't realize uh, when she went back out, that there was a busted hose and water was flooding into the room, the laundry area. And so she was screaming because she was so upset, trying to find the water cut off and finally manages to find it. And then she gets a call uh, that lawn collectors are coming by because uh, she's, you know, they're going to lose their vehicle if they don't pay something down and so she calls the bank to try to make some kind of payment and has less than a hundred dollars and then she gets a call from her husband who's had a flat tire on the way to work and she just can't take it and she just starts screaming and crying and her two-year-old's looking at her and finally with all that screaming and crying he took his pacifier out of his mouth and put it in his mom's mouth <laughs> Need some peace bad. We all have our issues. Maybe they're not a, you know, a washing machine hose breaking down or, you know, flat tire. But there are things that we work through and God wants to bring us peace. And I wish life just kind of went like this, you know, where you were just always getting better and always improving. But I found it's more like this. Hopefully you're going this. Hopefully it's not this. <laughs> but it's often small steps. Because God wants to make us into the image of Christ. And to give us a, you know, the opportunity to be at peace with ourselves. 
as we follow him. And, you know, we need to always stop and we need to always remember that he loves us. Because sometimes we forget that because we get so upset with ourselves and we're not willing to... uh, Receive his forgiveness and his new start. I always love that verse in Lamentations 3 that says, His mercies are new every morning. And then great is your faithfulness. His faithfulness is great. I love that where we can get up each day and say, Okay, God, here I am. Warts and all. Weakness and all. Sin and all. I want to be honest. Forgive me. I want to repent and turn from... My sin. And he says, okay, we'll start again. And I love that. And and that's a work in progress. I often say it's either a work in progress or a work in regress. But he's at work. He says in Philippians 1, 6, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Second, being at peace with others. Being at peace with others. Uh, the word peace is found um, approximately 430 times in the Bible. A lot of times the word peace is used. And of course, to bring peace doesn't just mean the absence of conflict. It involves a change toward God's direction. And we're called to be at peace with others where there's hurt. Instead of holding on to the hurt or Hiding the hurt. We're called to turn to him. Luke 6.26. Be weary when everyone speaks well of you. Let me tell you. You cannot please everybody. Acts 5.29. We must obey God rather than be pleasers of people. Romans 12.18. As much as it's possible. As far as it lies within you. Live at peace. With everyone. The point is that we have to the best of our abilities live at peace with people, but sometimes it's just not possible. So we don't need to be part of the conflict, but we need to just rest in God, seeking to be peacemakers who sow in peace, but understand that sometimes that peace is not dependent just upon us, but on the other party. We must do everything within our power though. To seek that peace in following him. Um, one of my favorite verses is Romans fifteen seven. It says, accept one another then, just as in Christ God has accepted you. What a great way to live. It seems like so much that we hear about and we read about is division. You know, you got political parties, Republicans and Democrats that are against each other. You got religions that appear to be pitted against one another. You've got uh, certain races of people that appear to be against each other. God says, no, accept one another. And how are we to accept one another? Just as God has accepted us in Christ Jesus. Not looking for our differences, but looking at what ties us together, which is Christ.
So there must be a peace with other people. And too often what we look at is what separates us. Instead, we're called to look at who unites us. And I'm convinced that within the church, if people see that we're united in Christ, they're starved for that. Because you don't see much unity anywhere. It seems like everything's about division and God wants to bring us together instead. You know, so many people aren't coming to churches, going to sports events, other kinds of leisure, and they're empty and they're needy. And we have to find a way to be ambassadors of reconciliation, ambassadors of peace to uh, be in their lives because um, people need to know about him. And it's getting more and more where um, they're, for whatever reason, they're not stepping within churches. So the church is called to go to them. That's the call. Um, I read a story this week about a pastor, and uh, he went to see a man who had a hip replacement that was 93 years old. And when he went to see the man, uh, he talked about coming to Christ at the age of 35. And he said, from 35 to 93, I probably only missed church 20 times. And the pastor said... Well, you haven't missed church 21 times. This one doesn't count because the church has come to you. And in that real sense, we gather so that we can go to them, whoever the, whether it's in the body of Christ or someone who's not. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we at peace with others? Do people know about the peace that's in us? That's Christ. And then one final one um, of course, all of this begins peace with God. Do we have peace with God? Really, in order to be at peace with ourselves and at peace with others, it must all stem from being at peace with a living God. So I thought about being at peace. Uh, there's a verse in Isaiah 26.3. I love the way it's in the King James. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now, just camp there for a moment. Where's the continual peace come from? When we're thinking about God. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. When we're thinking about God in such a way where we trust him, where we place our confidence in him, the result of that is peace. But that can't come until we meet God. There's people that hear about God. There's people who see others who claim to know God. But there's no secondary union with God. As the old saying goes, there's no grandchildren in heaven. It, it requires a personal encounter. It requires a personal relationship. And however we want to describe it, it happens one person at a time. My relationship with God is not your relationship with God and vice versa. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that it's appointed for man to die once and after that to face the judgment. We all are running our course and we all have to deal with the question of who is Jesus to me? 
And that's where peace with God comes. This time of year we sing that song, Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child. Holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Heavenly peace. The only way to have heavenly peace is to know the one who reigns in heaven. Christ. That is the source of that peace. And Jesus still says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He is not an idea. He is God. He is not a philosophy. He is salvation. It is Christ. He is the one that we trust. He is the one that we place our hope in. He is the one to which we run. To find that peace. So to have peace within ourselves. To have peace with others. It's all tied in to being at peace with God. That comes in Christ. And you know as they say. I know I'm talking to the choir on the Sunday night. But may our prayer be that. Um, somehow in God's strength it goes out of here. That he may work in us. That we may catch a new sight of the peace we have with God. And that that may work a peace within ourselves. And the peace with God. That others may discover peace. Let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you for that ministry of John the Baptist. And quite honestly, I think that we have a similar call. His specific ministry was prepare the way for Christ to come. He came and now our ministry is to share what he did personally in our lives. To share the fact that he forgives. That he is the one way that brings peace. People are hungry. They're starved for peace, Lord. Show me um, how to be a conduit of you. That the grace of Jesus might flow through me and plug into a heart. That Christ might be communicated Father, I pray that for each of us, Lord, um, because it's so needed. And we just cry out to you, Father, and help us at those times where we need to take some baby steps. We're at a place where maybe we're desperate to crawl or to walk. But, Father, it needs to be the timing of your Holy Spirit working in us, Lord. And I just pray you do that, God. I thank you for this time of year and how we're reminded that you came. And we have hope as a result. And Father, I pray even now, as we think about Christmas, help us to share that gift. The gift of eternal life that you provide with other people. And Father, um, may this week we just have opportunity to invite somebody to the cantata and, and just to let them know it's about you. Thank you for this chance to be together. Father, as we um, prepare to stand and sing, I just ask you to speak to our hearts. What do you want us to do this week? May we follow your call. In Christ's name we pray.
Amen.